Hey everyone, welcome to episode 22 of Layout. This week we talk about conversational UIs. Uh, Kevin is building a bot and a Mac app, and I got a new job. So let's get on to the show. I don't have the bell with me. Should have brought it. I mean, I can't Should've. believe no one has made a an iPhone app that's just like the bell. <gasps> yes. That's like a really good, I should, quick app. I should idea. do that. Yeah, should do it. The only uh, would no, I I, I guess you wouldn't. Ha- you could make it so that when you press the button, the sound goes off even if your phone is on silent, right? Because the thing is, when you're recording podcasts, like you probably don't want to have the sound on on your phone. You probably have it on silent mm. mode. Um, but Smart. you should probably still be able to have it make the the sound when you press the button, even if it's on silent. Or yeah, because I know yeah. games do that. Yeah. Uh, or you could always set it to do not disturb mode. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but that, that's a that's a good one. All right, I should do that. Make the the bell, bell app. <laughs> bell app. I'm sure Bell wouldn't mind it. For the company. Yeah. Is this still around? Isn't that AT&T? Not in Canada. Huh. Bell is still alive. Huh. They're my uh, cell provider. Huh. Ding. Okay, I'll just say ding. <laughs> So we should we should start with follow up. We do have some yep. follow up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the last episode, I mentioned that Google is releasing a VR headset. That is not true. They are not releasing like a hardware VR headset. What they're doing is they they are releasing like a blueprint, like the plans for other companies uh, actually building it. So they themselves are not building and selling it. It's just like this is. How you should do it, probably, yeah. basically, I guess, right? Yeah, I I don't remember if I asked you this. Have you tried the Google Cardboard? Yeah, I I have. It, it was it's, my first experience with VR. It, it's right. I don't think it's fair to call it VR, but well, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, the the biggest thing is that you, you you have to hold it with your hands. Like it's not a headset; it's just a little thing. But hold it is like. You're peeking inside this box, basically. Yeah, there's two main things about it that make it worse than uh, the Vive. It's one, you can't, you don't have the controllers in your hand to like make Mm. actions, and two, you can't walk around. Uh, But other than that, I was really surprised at how good it was. Why couldn't it it detect motion so you can walk? Because the Vive is using yeah. cameras, setting up cameras in the yeah. room you are in so they can see where you uh-huh. are in the room. Uh, with a phone, you don't have cameras seeing where you are, but it does have like a GPS and, and the, how do you call it, like six axis thing, how do you call it, gyroscope. So it knows that if you're moving, so maybe it could Yeah, work. I feel like it would have to be more precise than that, though. Because like GPS can find your location ish, mm, but it's it's a pretty big radius. 
Um, but it, yeah. True. Yeah, like inside yeah. a room. Yeah, I guess not... if they could improve that like location service, then yeah, maybe they could do it. That'd be that'd be really cool. But yeah. again, like you'd still have to have some sort of ca- front facing camera at least to make sure that you're not bumping into a wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. And I mean the controllers are also pretty important to me. Um mm-hmm. because like it's, it's it's just so much more immersive when you can like pick stuff up and you can throw things around. Like yesterday um I did the uh, girls are in code as a mentor and mm-hmm. I showed them uh the girls like how to play the the Vive and one of the games that that we played was um you have like a a bow and basically you have to pick the arrows from behind you take them and use the bow mm. like this and like aim in the right direction but it it just feels so natural that it was like so That's impressive cool. um Whereas like the cardboard just have like that That's one cool. little button. It's pretty clever actually for <laughs> what it is, but um yeah, I don't know. I was I was pleasantly surprised. And Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely not competing. Yeah, it's, no, but the Vive on the Oculus and it's a whole new But like one level. of the big downside of the Vive is the cable, right? That that's attached to the headset that you always get tangled with because you can't and see the, it. And the price. Um and the price uh, and like the huge like setup mm-hmm. of the, uh, like cr- right. finding the right machine, installing all the right stuff, plugging right. in. Um, whereas like a phone is super easy, super quick. Like, and they're showing the, what is it? The gear VR example where like you just mm-hmm. pop in your phone to that stuff and, and it just works, which is pretty cool. Like, if we could replicate the same things that the Vive does with just a phone, that'd be amazing. Because mm-hmm. you don't have mm-hmm. to like dedicate a room in your house to be like, okay, this is my VR room. Like, what if it could do the setup anytime you want with just your phone? That'd be like pretty fantastic. <laughs> You'd probably end up with people in the metro or something like that <laughs> playing <laughs> VR, but. Um, yeah, I don't there, know. there I are already a couple of pictures on Twitter, like a guy with his whole computer in and the VR headset in, in the subway station. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it already exists. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that was a follow up. Um, just a quick disclaimer: I, I apologize for for the. Um, this is the end of follow up. I apologize for the <laughs> background noise on my end. Um, I'm not recording at my usual office i guess uh so yeah there there are a lot of i think there's a party going on on the top floor but <laughs> uh, i don't know so i apologize for that i'll try to edit it out what i can but yeah maybe i should i should pop in <laughs> say hi or i could invite him to to be on this show be a yeah. yeah yeah all right so <laughs> main topics what are we talking about today all right. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you is conversational UIs. Um, there was a lot of talk, uh, like at Google I/O, at uh, F8, and just in general about like ha- 
if whether or not the conversational UIs and having uh, interacting with bots in either like a messenger type uh, app or um, interacting with like kind of AI tools through text messages. Um, so, and I was kind of wondering what was your, your take on it? Like, do you think that this is the future or is it a gimmick or because I feel like I don't have a good uh, opinion about it yet. Like I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't had enough time to use them to fully know if it's a good idea or not. I'm exactly on the same boat as you, but I, I do have some opinions I could share. I mean, again, <laughs> uh, I, I never really used this type of interaction, not, not much. Um, it's, it, it still it looks like a San Francisco thing still like um, I call this like a Facebook M is that how they call it M the, the, the yeah. thing so I never was able to try that um, Google like I don't have uh, the echoes and all that conversational like voice assistant thing so I really have very very limited experience in this field um, mm-hmm. but just looking so we're going to we're going to link in the show notes this uh, dribble shot uh, from Isil Yusum. Um, so he or she, I'm not sure, um, posted this this very cool interaction um, on on Messenger, Facebook Messenger app, which is basically, yeah, this conversational UI where you just, you start typing things like flights from, and then you could, like, a UI comes up where you can just select the, it auto-completes, like, the city or the airport you're traveling from and then how many seats uh it's it's pretty cool interaction so you you should just take a look at it so you have more context um it this whole thing seems like the future this is where we're headed um but it it feels like it's a transition period i think the end goal is that we don't have this complicated but clever interactions and UI popping up, and now you have to type in the price, and now you have to type in the number of passengers you have, right? I, I think the the ultimate goal is just to say, hey, get uh, get me a ticket for me and my girlfriend um, to London. Um, I don't know, leaving leaving Monday, right? Do you mean by voice or by voice or or text? I mean both. Um, that's just the way you input the data because it's it's a string at the end of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. so I feel like this is still it's like a, you, you can't do it all like machines are not are not clever uh, and <laughs> intelligent enough to to be able to parse and like really know what you mean from just a, a text query just from or from a, a, a voice input right mm-hmm. uh, so we do need this in order to feed our computers information about it um, but yeah that, that, that's kind of it. I feel like this is a transition period, but uh, I'm pretty excited about this whole thing. And a lot of it is because I not I don't have that much experience with it, contact with it. Um, but we have seen that sure from Google I/O. This is a pretty big deal. This is where they are really focusing um, a lot of their resources and attention to this machine learning voice assistant type of thing, right? And Google, just like Facebook, they are, instead of creating separate apps and new interactions, they are um, creating the 
basically shipping all of this new technology into like messaging apps, which seems to be the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And from Apple, it's interesting that we haven't seen anything apart from Siri, which is we've talked about that. Uh, but maybe there are some rumors that we will be be seeing something on that regard um, two weeks uh, on WWDC. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Like talking about anything Apple related now a week before WWDC seems <laughs> ill advised. Yeah, <laughs> making any statement like is just incorrect because they've been working on new things for a year that we haven't seen yet. Um, so I would I would really say wait for WWDC, see what they introduce. Mm-hmm. And that will give you like a much better picture of what's kind of Apple's stance on that. Um, but just going back to that that concept uh, video for for a minute. Well, but um, I'm sorry before before we go there, I just want to make this just a side note. Uh, which even though yeah we haven't seen any like what we ha- we haven't seen what Apple is going to do on this field. Um, it's 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 important whatever they will do. It's important because. We have seen that whatever Apple does something is is a very good bet that that will be around in like five years, because we either see mm-hmm. Apple like really innovating in in some aspects and then other companies follow follow along, right? Uh, or we do see other companies just like innovating and creating new new things, and then Apple is silent and doesn't do anything in that regard, and it turns out that's a fad. You know things like uh, Google Glass and all. Um, started out like big effort from Google saying this is the future this new thing and then Apple is like nah we're good and <laughs> so the whole Siri thing is is kind of interesting to me when you think about it because usually when you think of Apple it's okay they're gonna wait and they're gonna see what's out there and they're gonna see that oh all the music players out there suck so let's make the one that we want to use and let's make the iPod right um same with the phone, that they look at the market, phones suck, let's reinvent what phones should be. Um, mm. And then they execute really well on it and they ship it and it it's a really awesome and great product. For Siri, the story is a little bit different, right? Like, no phones had that kind of assistant before. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, like, some of them would allow you to do voice dictation sometimes, but really wasn't that much of a mainstream feature. And so suddenly, out of nowhere, they came out with this uh, Siri that like no one said that they wanted or needed, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what's interesting there is that Siri was right for the future. Like if you're, you're looking at today... Um, Everything is going into that direction, so they had the direction right, uh, but they shipped their their version pretty early, mm-hmm. um, and when people got it and tried it, they were like, "Eh, like we're bu- we're all in on the future, but Siri as it is right now doesn't meet that those expectations." Mm-hmm. So people kind of gave up on yeah. it and stopped kind of interacting with it and playing with it. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, are they going to, is it something that they want to invest in or do they think like, 
they they've tried it and it's not the way to no, go. I think they want to invest in it. Uh, but yeah, it damages the, the reputation of Siri. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I think what Siri is now should be what it was when it came out, like what like five years ago or something. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, it's like Siri and Apple Maps. Like it's getting way better. Uh, it's actually pretty good, but the damage is done. Like you know, Apple Maps has no credibility and just like. Even even if you haven't tried it in years, you you don't even want to try it because you tried it once and you got burned. So you're like, okay, this is not for me. This is bad, and that's it, it's pretty hard to change people's uh, opinions. Something, <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the same problem as that Twitter has, right? It's a bunch of people did give it a shot and they did they did try it. And they said, you know what? This is not for mm-hmm. me. Like, this isn't good enough. And once you have this massive group of people who've tried your thing and don't think it's for them or don't think it's good mm-hmm. enough, then it's really hard to tell them, no, 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 come back. <laughs> like, now it's actually really I good. Promise. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually, like, an interesting lesson in shipping things too early. Yeah. Um, and not having them be uh, be as good as they should be. That is true. Um, all right. So going back to our uh, messenger concept. Mm. So the idea, um, if you're driving or something like that, um, it's you're seeing in the messenger app, um, it's two people in a conversation, and they're talking about this uh, this trip that they want to make together um and directly within the app um the person types in equal flights i think or something like that mm-hmm. um a bit similar to what you'd see in uh like excel or something like that like when you do function <laughs> i thought that was kind of weird that is weird the the kind of like trigger <laughs> character there but um so uh and then she can search fl- for flights uh, but what was cool to me there, uh, as opposed to kind of what you said, that you thought, like, you, you said this is kind of a stepping stone between now and the time that we can have, like, a full-fledged assistant. And maybe in an ideal future, in, like, 20 years, uh, we will have that kind of, um, like, these smarts and have a really extremely powerful assistant but um for at least like a long period of time i think that's not gonna happen probably like what's a long period of time for you there's so because to me there's so many things well i said like 20 years Hmm. um because i think there's so much so many things to consider when you're booking a flight right there's the 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 company that you want to fly with there's um does it have a layover? Does it not? The like the cost, all that sort of stuff. I just don't see an assistant like just purely by text being able to make those decisions in twenty years. If if it just if it just I mean if it just cho- chooses for you, then eh, like it's probably not likely to be very good. Or if it asks you for everything, then I think it's worse. Uh, than having a UI be presented to you, right? Because 
for example, like when she's searching for, um, I think she's searching for like a, a company and she just has like the autocomplete search results, right? Because there's a UI built in for that. Uh, when she chooses the number of passengers, she has like a plus and minus. Um, so I think in, in those cases, having UI makes a ton of sense to me. Um, and the reason in particular why I think this whole concept is cool is because it addresses a problem that no other service or tool has tried to address before. Because um, all of the websites that you go to right now, um, they're really focused on, okay, just one person buying a ticket for themselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, whereas this concept really takes the that onto a whole other level. They address the problem of, okay, you want to take a trip with someone to go, wherever right um and it's inherently social in the way things work so you like, say okay let's start booking our, our tickets and both per both people sh see the different uh tickets available um uh, and then once they choo choose on one they see like the card the the card with um like both passengers where they can fill in their information and they can both split up the price of the flight which is like something you never could do before right so it's using uh the messaging aspect for something that it's good at which is doing something with someone else and talking at the same time mm -hmm. I, th I thought that was extremely clever uh, and that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think that if we get to a point where we need to do a lot of input either by like just some basic UI and have to type in and just selecting a bunch of elements and doing all that. If you have to, if you need a lot of interaction from the user, I don't think a messaging app is the place to have that. Uh, but do you think the interactions in the video is are too much? I think so. I really think so. Hmm. That was too much. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm okay with saying, uh, I don't know, on a, a bot or something and say, hey, um, I need to buy this and I need to have it by tomorrow. And it's like, I see, like, yes or no, that is fine. Or, like... How many? Just just type in a number. But if you go extra, like if you go more than that, if if I just say, "Hey, I need flowers," because that's probably <laughs> that's the demo everyone uses it. Uh, I need to buy flowers for my wife, and like, cool. From which store? Um, I don't know this one. All right, how, how many flowers? I don't know, like ten. What kind of flowers? I don't know, like uh, roses. Uh, red roses or uh, white roses or um, I don't know. But let's go with white. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, that's you don't want. I, no, I don't want that. You don't want a bot to ask you every single question like that, right? But what if? Because I think the flower one is maybe not that great of an example of something that's good for a conversational UI. Um, I mean, it does work, but it's not the optimal case. But I'm thinking also, um, what about buying tickets to see a show? I do that all the time with friends, mm -hmm. right? 
and you're like okay do you want these seats or do you want these seats like this is more expensive but we're gonna have a better view and maybe you want to split up like the the cost and you all want to be together so you have to like to have one person purchase tickets for everyone like that that would be so much better like we could do all of that from her from our phones directly right like to me that's that's the use case there it's not just a okay i'm one person and i want to buy something for me because if you do that then you don't need to be the chat aspect mm -hmm. you can just fill in a, a ui somewhere on a website or an app mm -hmm. but i think it's when you have to ask for someone else to like kind of coordinate on okay what do we want mm -hmm. then that's where embedding your your app and your interface in a in a chat app makes a ton of sense to me now whether or not facebook allows like that much like complexity mm -hmm. um we'll have to see because it seems like a lot of these things wouldn't be possible um unless they really like spend like i don't know like six months working on API specifically for uh, like flight companies. I wouldn't be surprised so, if they, if they right. are already uh, because Maybe. that's a pretty ambitious thing. And you do need to have a big database. Like you, if you're doing that, you need to know everyone who's on a conversation. You need to know pretty basic information about everyone. Uh, and mm -hmm. Facebook is really the only one who has that. I mean, Apple could, but they decided not to. Um, even if you're like on iMessage, Apple doesn't know. Like, how old are you? Where really? Where do you live in? Uh, what city do you live in? And right, that's not like your Apple ID doesn't really have that. And you can choose to use iPhone without signing it for an Apple ID. Whatever. Uh, so I really think Facebook is probably Facebook and Google are the two companies that could. Uh, achieve that first. So, and I and I and uh, I think it's uh, I think I think they're doing that, right? <laughs> From what you can see, yeah, um, they're really invested in in this. So, it's interesting. It's uh, it feels like a design. UI designers for this type of interaction, it's a very different type of UI. Really, it's it's yeah. really not about pixels. It's really just parsing and understanding. A text query, like a text entry, like someone says this, you have a string of text. What does this mean? Uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, what if the future of computing is just you shouting things into a black box, right? Like that. Fast forward like a couple years, maybe that's where we move mm. to. I like, I think that's unlikely, but. Uh, it's a it's an interesting thought experiment mm -hmm. to to think like okay, what if we got rid of all the screens and <laughs> like would you need designers? My guess is yes, uh, because you still have an experience there. Um, it it just requires a different set of skills, um, so like you'd have to th think more about copy than the visuals in that case. And I think like it's probably a smart move for designers to start uh, digging into kind of more content-related uh, areas because um, I think that's going to be more and more important. And the people who can write really well 
are going to um, have an advantage, uh, advantage over other people mm -hmm. in these new paradigms. Definitely. Content people, they're um, pretty important. They always were, but uh, I guess now it's going to be more... Parent. Even more so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like design. Like, design always was important, but uh, only, like, in the last 10 years, something... Like, it became uh, common sense, I guess. Now more people <laughs> know that. So, anyway. So, I'm, like, kind of interested by this whole area. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it, and I... Like I said, I'm still unsure whether or not, like, that's where things are going, and if whether or not that's for the best um and that is why <laughs> i've decided to build my first bot um, yes i saw that on twitter so yeah uh <laughs> so as always whenever i'm uh, trying to learn something new uh i do it in, in public uh and i ask for people's help because I suck at almost everything. Uh, <laughs> so I need people to tell me, like, okay, here's how you do this. <laughs> um, but that's that's great. That's why I love Twitter. Um, all right. So my idea was, well, actually, let's, let's start from the beginning. Let's start with the problem. <laughs> um, so um, every week at, at Shopify, we're doing these uh, design crits. Uh, that we call fresh eyes. Um, we talked about it, I think, uh, when mm -hmm. we talked about like our process. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll put a link to the episode in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but every week we have these design crits, and they're based on Office. Uh, and for the longest time, the the Montreal office was still fairly small, uh, and we didn't have that many designers in the grand scheme of things. Um, so we could like for every single design crit all the designers go together and all like give feedback to each other. But now we're like uh, around 20 people and doing a design crit with 20 people gets uh, messy really mm -hmm. quickly and very noisy and everyone kind of has something to say and it like drags on forever. So now, like what we've started doing a couple of weeks ago is just like split up, split the team up into two different sub teams uh, and have hold basically two fresh eye sessions at the same time um, with these two teams. And we try to have some sort of random teams so that uh, everyone kind of gets exposure to different projects. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever we we start the the meeting we like all gather together and we're like okay so who has something to present this week uh, and then like maybe there's i don't know three or four people who raise their hands and then we're trying to like split up the groups so that like it's evenly separated so that we don't end up with like four people that have something to show <laughs> in one group and zero in the other mm -hmm. um and then we like go off into our separate rooms um so there's like always like kind of this awkward interaction and we lose maybe like 10, five to 10 minutes at the beginning of every meeting. I was like, ah, oh, this, this kind of sucks. And I wish there was a better system for that. Um, so I, I started thinking about kind of what I could do to make that better. Um, and so I thought a Slack bot would be an awesome way to solve this problem for me. So here's my idea. So you'd get uh, that bot um, that you can invite into any channel that you want. Mm -hmm. 
And when you invite that bot to the channel, basically the channel is holds all the people who want to participate in that feedback session. So, and then every week, a day before the, the design crit, the bot sends a message to everyone in that room and asks them like, hey, do you want to have something to present this week? People could say yes or no. Um, if they say yes, it asks them like, okay, do you need a lot of time or is it like something really short? Um, you can have like extra questions. I'm still thinking about how uh, quick or long I want the process to be. But um, for example, like we have, uh, we have only one content strategist in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking like maybe you could ask, oh, do do you have like content related things that you'd like feedback on? So if you say yes, then we're going to try to match you with a content strategist. Um, and then once everyone responds um, on the day of, it could send an- another message to tell people like, hey, you're in, gr- in group one, show up to this room. Um, and then everyone knows where they have to go and everyone is happy. <laughs> and yeah, problem solved. Sounds like a great idea. So did you manage to build it? Uh, so I started. I'm not quite done yet, um, but I've, I've gotten pretty far. Um, I have to say like Slack's API is pretty easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, like there's some little weird things, but um, other than that, it's pretty good. Uh, I use the, um, the Ruby framework as in the language uh, they have like well so ruby is the language but they have like a specific like framework for ruby uh that you can like interact with it really well huh. uh instead of ju- doing like your your all your requests manually and stuff like that so i guess a, a gem okay <laughs> um and that's going pretty well so like right now i have a bot that you can type to uh and it will answer you um and i have like this okay sorry this is getting a bit technical but there's this rake task so basically i can decide uh whenever i want my bot to ask people (laughs) the question Mm. um and then based on that people can reply whatever they want uh, and it'll try to be smart and understand what people said um and then add them to the list um if they they're presenting or if they're not um and i was thinking like maybe during the week people can say like oh i have nothing to present this week um and so this way the bot wouldn't wouldn't like bother them um and also like sometimes there's multiple people working on related projects so i thought maybe i could also tweak the algorithm so that okay these two people are more likely to be together than other people because um, they don't need to be together all the time. Um, that was a very interesting so, challenge. Yeah, that's cool. That was that was like actually pretty cool. And like figuring out, okay, what tone should the bot have? Like, I wanted to make it pretty fr- like friendly and fun to to interact with. So it's gonna like give you back like some gifts and like mm. s- stuff like that. Um, and it's gonna accept like weird answers like. <laughs> You can tell it to fuck off or stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a really fun experience. I noticed though that 
the APIs, and I, I also looked into uh, Messenger APIs mm. too a little bit. Um, they're not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, right now, the way most of them work is more or less like a command line. So you basically, you, the human, ask the bot a question. The bot gives you the answer, and that's it. Um, whereas what I want is instead of having the human ask the question and the bot give the answer, I want the bot to ask a question and the human to give a series of answers. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, right now I'm doing like a few crazy things where... I'm like read my bot is reading the history of the conversation to figure out where you are in the flow. Um, Cause let's say it's asking like you three questions. It has to figure out, okay, which like the thing you just said, is it an answer to the first question, the second question or the third? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's getting there. Um, and so hopefully if I can make this work, um, I, I'm going to try to release it and make it available for people to use it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it might be useful to other teams. Like, And even within Shopify, we have like a bunch of different offices that uh, have the same problem as we do. So um, yeah. I want to make it like the more, most like reusable possible. Um, you should uh, you so, should write a yeah that was a super. Fun I would love to read like a case study like a I don't know get to know more of a journey like a, because I have no idea like where does one start to learn how to build this kind of bots. Uh, I guess I would Google yeah yeah <laughs> build Slack bots and I'll probably go <laughs> to the docs. But uh, still like um yeah keep keep us updated and uh, please write about it. I would love I would love I, to read that. I will I will. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, but I highly recommend it for any designers. It was like, it was interesting how like, it's such a different paradigm to creating UIs and seeing how the conversation should flow and things like, okay. Um, one thing I noticed is that it's easier to ask questions that the answer is either yes or of no course. than asking people like okay how long uh, is the thing you have to present gonna be pretty long and like people have to think it's like nah this is too complicated like it should be okay do you, are you gonna show something for a long time <laughs> or so and it's like yes okay cool um so but yeah it's, it's really interesting to think about like how to formulate your questions and your answers and stuff like that um so yeah, highly recommend it, and I'll I'll try to to write it up um, once I'm done. All right, like can, people can follow along. Awesome. All right. Um, so I wanted to get an update on your uh your professional life, I guess. <laughs> I guess all right. I guess all right. So. I don't think did you did we talk about it the uh, on the show before? No, no, no. Uh, or no, right? I mentioned yeah, the previous episode was recorded before. Yeah, we talked uh offline. Uh well online but not off air. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I I mean I mean I mentioned uh, last episode I mentioned that I was going to be in San Francisco, which I am right now. Um and that's the reason. So I got a job. Uh which uh congrats thank you uh 
I mean, I, I worked as an independent uh, guy for a year, um, almost a year, and it was awesome. Loved it. Uh, but actually, something that we haven't—I don't think we mentioned that when we we that episode where we just discussed the discussed the different types of employments that you can have, right? Um, and something that being independent, something that I haven't really thought about was because you have to do so much, you can't really. Okay, I don't want to say you can't, but I <laughs> found myself not investing. Um, as much time as I would like in, for example, design work, like being a designer, like uh, mm -hmm. evolving my skill set, being a better designer, uh, which I thought, I mean, I believe I, I got to be a better designer just because I learned so much about a lot of other stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that skill set, that very uh, particular UI design skill set, I felt that um, I was not getting as good. Um, I mean, or at least I was not getting... Um, I was not evolving at the, the, the pace that I would like to. So in that end, it, it is a pain in the rear to deal with accounting and, and, and monies and <laughs> taxes and all. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> the taxes. Anyway, so I decided to look around, see what was going around. And uh, if I found something cool, cool challenge, I would love to try something new. That and... <laughs> Famously, I haven't been able to keep a job for more than a year, uh, so <laughs> I, was, I was hitting that mark, the one-year mark, so I just, I just felt like, ah, I want something new. So I did. So I got a job at this startup. Um, it's based in San Francisco. It's called Netlify. That's N-E-T-L-I-F-Y. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, so what a company does is we have a product which basically is it's kind of like a hosting service for websites but not really like for <laughs> for static websites you like it supports continuous deployment so it's, if think like github pages but way easier right. and way more way faster and more secure uh but like that ease of use cool. like you you just link to a repo or drag a folder uh, website and it's live as like one click ssl and well, so I don't, I don't want to like be selling the company here. That's not the point. Uh, <laughs> the point is, it's a they have very, 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 very cool tech. That was the thing that really piqued my interest. Um, I am my my official title is I'm the design lead of. Well, yeah, I'm the lead designer of product basically, and mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do, which I can't really talk about. But it's a it's a it's very it's a top secret. <laughs> It's an awesome challenge, um, a lot of work, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to be here in San Francisco for, I don't know when I'm going to release this, but until the end of June, uh, and then I'm going to fly back and maybe start looking into visas and also, eventually I would love to move here, um, right. but it's not a straightforward and fast thing to do, so, mm -hmm. but yeah, but yeah, that, that's where I am now, and I'm pretty stoked, pretty excited. Awesome. Cool. Do you want to talk about the interview process? Uh, <laughs> uh, sh uh, sure. I think I can, right? Uh, yeah. I found it on Twitter. Someone, I think it was Ali Munoz who, who works at uh, Bohemian Coding. I'm not sure. I think it was him who re retweeted okay. a tweet from the, um, our CTO here uh, asking for um, designers. Like They were looking for designers. And right. I saw that. And because I was 
looking for cool companies. I took a look at their website, took a look at their tech. Sounded interesting enough, sounded cool, so I wanted to learn more. So I sent them a DM on Twitter. They they were like, cool. I mean, took a look at the portfolio, sound cool. Let's uh, arrange a call. And um, like we, we had a chat, Google Hangout. I just met them, talked about the product, talked about mm. the, the company, what they were doing. And uh, interesting enough, this was the first. And by the way, I'm going to check if I can post this. <laughs> if not, if not <laughs> I'll edit it out. But um, so it was different from what I was used to, which they didn't give me like challenges or like technical interviews. What they did was, all right, so we do have a couple like quick fixes, things that we need to, to, to fix on our current website, our current app. So like they gave me a challenge like uh, redesign, this is not, redesign the user onboarding, for example, right? Um, and they would pay me like a, as a freelance. So I would take like this as a freelance gig. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did that. They, they liked it, liked cool. the way I, I worked. So then they offered me the, the, the full-time position, basically. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is people working at companies right now and, and that are in charge of, uh, of recruiting. If you're ever going to ask people to do work, pay them yeah like you have to pay them this is not like pro bono or for exposure or whatever like no mm -hmm. pay people for doing that stuff so yep cool awesome yeah well i'm super happy for thank you thank you thank you i'm i'm having a blast um but i'll yeah i'll keep you guys updated uh. sweet and if you're in sf go grab a coffee with with rafa Please, coffee if in the morning, a beer if it's uh, in the evening, and I'll be around. I'm eager to just meet people. And, and uh, yeah, please, uh, I never met a listener. So let's, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. So if you're in town, if you're in San Francisco, uh, reach out on, on Twitter, and we should get together. Awesome. Cool. Uh, you know what? Something uh, that kind of related. So I, they flew me in to get... To, to come work here and at their office and i have my imac which i did not bring with me <laughs> for obvious reasons uh so they got me a laptop can you imagine carrying your, your imac putting it on like the little tray <laughs> you know how we always see the pictures of people using their imac in a coffee right. shop can you imagine using your imac like on <laughs> or on your lap <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone has done that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I did not do that. <laughs> so when I got here, uh, they, they, they bought me a laptop. They asked me, what kind of laptop do you want? Just go to the Apple store and pick one. And I thought, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity for me to uh, try the MacBook, the one MacBook with the one port. Uh, because I've mm. been... I've been in love with that machine since it came out, um, but I, could, I couldn't really afford to use it, not afford to pay it, but because it's such a slow machine and all, I couldn't use it that as my computer. So this is the perfect opportunity because I do have my main computer, my iMac at home, which is like top of the line. It's awesome. Um, but I need this computer. It's like a secondary machine, which its main purpose is going to be to use when I'm traveling. So... Portability right. was like the big thing. So this is perfect. I'm going to buy the new MacBook. I'm going to try it out. Um, worst that could happen is 
uh, it's not good enough and I'll just return to the Apple Store and just return for, I don't know, swap it for a MacBook Pro or something. Um, so I've been using this MacBook. I have the uh, 1.3. It's like there are two models. It's the, the, the more expensive one. Um, so I think it has a 1.3 gigahertz processor or something. It has, interesting enough, it has um, 500 uh, gigs of uh, SSD storage. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's more than I have on my iMac. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say 256 on my iMac. So, uh, so I've been using this for two weeks now. Um, and I'm going uh, gonna to record a video review and put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Nice. For two reasons. First, because um, when I looked for reviews of this computer, like I wanted to know, can you work on this computer? Like, can yeah. you use Sketch and use Logic and Final Cut? And like all of the reviews is, here's a new computer. Here's a new design, external design. Here's their specs. But like they, I just assume all these reviewers that they d- just get a machine and have like two days to record a review and they never really use it so i can they can't talk uh, really about that experience and some of them say like oh you probably don't want to use this to do like video editing or something like that mm-hmm. but it often seems like it comes from the place of i wouldn't want to do my work on this mm-hmm. computer versus coming from the side of someone who would really like to be able to use this right. computer for <laughs> yeah. their work right uh <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely looking forward yeah, to that. So that was one, one of the reasons, like, because I haven't seen one that I enjoyed or it was useful to me. And second one, I would love to try it out. I mean, I've been editing video for a couple of years now, but it's more, you know, it's not fancy editing. It's just like screencasts and all. So there is not much mm-hmm. uh, editing there. Yeah. So I wanted to try that out. So just to, just to push myself a bit, see what, what, what can I do. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably, when I get back home, um, I'll work on that. <laughs> so can I? So can you give us a uh, <laughs> little spoilers? Sure. Of course. Like what's, what's the early verdict here? All right. Uh, I'll just try to be quick. Um, industrial design. This laptop is beautiful. That was like the reason that I yes. wanted to, to get my hands on it. It's, it's beautiful. I got the space gray one, uh, Mm-hmm. which is it's stunning and the I'm disappointed you didn't get rose gold <laughs> are you really <laughs> yeah okay that would that was never going to happen i feel like if you're if you're getting a macbook one you should get the rose gold version i disagree but fair enough <laughs> i'll allow it um either way um the 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 size of the machine so it's a 12 uh inch screen which is a weird size uh usually just we ha- we had like 15 or 13 that was the only ones i used my girlfriend uh, used to have a 11 inch uh, macbook air so this is like in the middle but uh i don't know like it still looks like a 13 inch so it's like that range um the keyboard i was right. kind of like um, afraid that i wouldn't like it um it definitely takes like a couple of days for you to get used to it uh, and once you do i'm loving it um I still, yeah, I wouldn't prefer it over the Magic Keyboard, the one I have on my iMac, the new one. Right, okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, no, I would still not prefer it over that, but I would. I prefer this over the MacBook Pro's keyboard. Right. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I don't like the Magic Trackpad. I don't, 
uh, I don't like the like it's not as reliable, especially when you like. Is it because the the that it uses like that the Taptic engine to yeah sort of do the click instead of clicking down or yeah it, it all comes down to because it's using software to know if you are pressing down or not <laughs> right it's using logic there so sometimes I'm like I I click and hold to drag something uh and it like it, it thinks oh you're still yeah you're still holding but I'm not I'm like dude just I released it anyway. Huh. It's not. It's not as reliable because there's some weird things over there. Yeah, but that's it. I, I used to hate it, but I think I might be coming around to it because mm-hmm. I've been like when I whenever I use my MacBook Pro lately, mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm clicking a lot, then my fingers hurt. That's weird. <laughs> And it sounds dumb, but like it, you still have to put a lot of pressure to like depress the the trackpad mm-hmm. versus on the MacBook one because it's taptic you have to put a lot less force mm-hmm. to like click it down there are some settings so, that you could change the force maybe i think in system preferences yeah well, check mine is the non um non like taptic uh trackpad it's the old one hmm. um all right so moving on uh the The camera, the high side camera, is like 480p. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> it really is terrible. I don't. I, anyway, uh, the one port thing—that's a big thing. So so far in two weeks, I haven't found that to be a problem. So I got that um, like adapter. So you have an adapter where you can plug a USB Type C, just like the charger. You have a HDMI and a regular USB. Um, so with that, so far. Yep. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I think it, it helps if you think of this as an iPad in a way that, you know, you plug it in just to charge it, and then when it's charged, you just stick it out. Like, right? You're you're not thinking of plugging USB sticks or whatever. But when you yeah, do, like I, like right I totally now, I totally agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> like I never plug anything in my laptop. Um. Oh wait, how so? We're recording right now. Mm-hmm. What's what's your setup like? What how is it plugged in? Because the, the your mic is USB, right? Yeah, so I'm using that adapter. So oh, okay, so there's wait, there's USB, mm-hmm. normal USB. Mm-hmm. There's USB C, mm-hmm. HDMI. Right. Okay. Cool. In and then out to yeah, USB Type C. Uh, so right. yeah, I mean it hasn't been a problem. Very good. Um, it doesn't have MagSafe. Which I, I like. I would prefer it to have MagSafe, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I don't move around much. <laughs> I never had an accident where MagSafe Did you saved try me. Try pulling the <laughs> the cable to see. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to do that. No. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's for the uh, the hardware, software. It all comes down to this. Um, so all right. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to try to. Just, I haven't given much thought to this, so it's not a very articulated uh, piece. But it's like it's it's okay, it's it's okay. It's not like an awesome machine. The new MacBook One, it's okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, if if you know, if you if you are aware that this machine is pretty, it's pretty weak, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't have a fan, which is great. I mean, it's it's silent, but. Uh, that means that if you're doing a lot, if if it's pushing the processor, um, 
I mean, things, if he can't cool himself down, what he's going to do is just like slow the whole computer down, which we just experienced. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to set up the recording and because I was using Chrome, I used Chrome for the Hangouts. Because he was using Chrome, the computer started just like lagging. So we switched to Safari. Um, don't use Chrome. So, okay, going back. <laughs> for design work, it's okay. It's, it, it works. Uh, just don't try to do everything at the same time. <laughs> Uh, right. That's where because it only has eight gigs of of memory, so like Sketch behaves all right. Um, I haven't tried to open like a huge file, Sketch file, but uh, you know what? Sketch has problems even on my iMac. Like <laughs> it, it has some performance right. problems. So, so yeah. I mean, Sketch runs fine. Um, uh, I tried Figma on the browser, runs fine. Framer runs fine. Everything runs fine unless you try to do it all at the same time. So if you have, if you're on a Hangout call or a Skype call and you're on with Safari open and you switch to Sketch to do something and export something, and you have Spotify or iTunes running in the background, so if you have all of that at the same time, then the computer starts slowing you down. Like you can't handle it. Right. <laughs> um, but I was surprised to see even Final Cut and um, Logic, which are the are the most beefier apps that I use. Um, mm-hmm. And like Logic was, Logic was perfect. Like I, I didn't notice any performance problems. Um, so I was pretty surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And Final Cut, it's like where it really lags is when it's uh, doing some processing. So like when you import a file, it does that processing thing uh, that really takes a while, like way more than, than, I'm, than I was used to. And especially when when you're right. bouncing files, like when when you edit a video in Final Cut and then you export it, or you use like Handbrake to convert video, that really just uses raw processing power, and mm-hmm. it really takes a while. It really takes a while. So like on my iMac, exporting a 20 minute episode of Sketchcast takes me like three minutes, maybe two minutes, three, and here it could take up to like 15 minutes. So it takes a while, but uh, but that's it. Right. I mean, other than that, it is, it's it's an awesome machine. So you, have you been using it full time now, like for two weeks? Yeah, yeah, I have. So one of my question, uh, <laughs> it's it's like um, when I was telling you about like having a review coming from someone who really would like to be using that computer. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this question is from someone that's that would really also like to be using this computer. <laughs> um, is the screen size okay? Uh, or is it like pretty tight? Like, uh, if I if I thinking, couldn't like use when you're using Sketch, you have like the uh, palettes on both sides. Mm. Sometimes, like it maybe eats up into your screen in real estate. I think or you always have you found that to be a problem. I think you can get used to almost anything. I mean, I I right. I, I always used all my laptops that I had. It was uh, they were uh, 15 inch laptops. Uh, and 13 inch and all like that looked small, but I know a lot of people use a 13 inch and they're fine with it. And then I got to the iMac and it's like now the 15 inch kind of looks small, but you can adapt to anything. <laughs> so I, I would say if you do, you have a 15 inch or a 13 inch? 15. 15. So have you ever used a 13 inch? Uh, yeah, I used to have the 15 inch MacBook Air. Right. So I would say this is like like the 13 inch. I mean it's. <laughs> Not that much of a difference. Yeah, it's yeah. it's okay. I mean, I, of course, I would prefer to have to work on my iMac, 
especially for sketch and all. But if I had to use this, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I could use this. It's, it's okay. All right. <laughs> you... comes down to that? It's okay. <laughs> and the, the... the screen is gorgeous. I mean, it's Retina display. It's super thin. Uh, the the yeah. display itself. Uh, oh, and the speakers are the best speakers I've seen on a on a laptop. Ever. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Everyone's saying that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't like, know what they did. I feel like you wouldn't expect that from yeah. this computer. Yeah. Because, uh, isn't, I think the MacBook Pro and the Airs, the, I know, I know the 15 inch has the grills, the speaker grills on, on both yeah. sides, but I think the 13 inch yeah. and all the Airs, they don't have, they have like two little mini speaker grills on the top, I think, right? Or they don't even have it at all. I, I don't remember. So, but this one has, uh, like a full length speaker grill, like above the keyboard, right, between the keyboard the, and the edge. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's that helps. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Cool. Oh, have you seen the the rumors of the new Thunderbolt display? Uh, so I've heard that they're they're going to have their own GPU inside the the display. It's going to be like 5K display, and uh, they're yeah. shipping soon ish. Yeah. I mean, that's what this I heard. is going to be great for you. <laughs> Why? Because your computer might be able to run it. But I have an iMac. I, I don't need that. Yeah, but I like just for thinking about the future. Oh, okay. It's it would be better if it had it. Like that's that's the one reason why I don't have that computer right now mm-hmm. is because like it's still unclear whether or not I'll ever be able to plug it into a display. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. This is kind of the a genius idea, really. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, it'll allow any computer to just plug right in. Um, it's gonna be great. Uh, I I do hope they release the displays at the same time as the new MacBook Pros because I I absolutely need a display. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think it's kind of it's probably unlikely to see them at WWDC. You think so? I don't know. I think, I think it doesn't make sense. Like WWDC is all about software. No, it's all right? about developers. Like, and this is machines yeah. for developers. For pro Maybe. users. Maybe. So I'm I I'm know. totally yeah. expecting to see uh, like new MacBook Pros. They're going to announce it. I would uh, really hope so. I don't know if, the, if they're going to ship it. Like they're going to be available to buy uh-huh. right there, right then. But I don't know. Soon-ish. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really expecting them to, to show that with the, the crazy new... <laughs> um, screen keyboard thing on top. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. That's we'll see. One more I, week. I hope they they do something cool with it. Because if it's just to replace it f- with a screen for the sake of doing something new, then I don't know. I just but... hope that don't they don't make it so awesome that I really need to buy one. Because <laughs> I'm all set. I'm all set. I mean. I have two machines pretty good. Uh, please don't, Apple, please. Just make it a little <laughs> bit better. Make it not too nice. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess we'll see next week. I guess we'll see next week. Next yeah. week is going to be pretty awesome. I'm really excited. I mean, it's always a party at WWDC, but I guess it's safe to say that um, listeners can expect next week just to give it a roundup of, kind of like we did with Google I.O., just talk about the announcements i think that's safe yep. too soon yep yeah we'll have definitely have a lot to say about that yes 
All right. Um, so I have a scoop for the show. You do have a scoop. Scoop us. Yes. Um, I released my first Mac app. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and I literally haven't told anyone about it. <laughs> that is so, awesome. Um, all right. So th- this is an app that I built uh, like maybe six months ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, a fairly long time ago. M- maybe more even. Uh, and this is a super niche app and it's more um, like focused towards developers than designers. Um, so like I'm not expecting a lot of our listeners to be interested in it, mm. but who knows? Um, so the problem that I had um, when I was working um, on like just a bunch of different projects um, uh, in uh, like at Shopify with a pretty big team uh, is that I would like work on like a specific feature and like create a, p- a pull request for that, and we have like this whole review process. Uh, but then what would happen is I, I'd end up with a bunch of different open uh, pull requests. Um, and it would always take me forever to kind of like go in, go to github.com, click on like, oh, my pull request and be able to view what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we also have automated uh, like test suite. So like CI and stuff like that. Um, and so knowing when my my pull request was like ready to merge involved like a lot of me going back to the website checking and like mm-hmm. lots of lots of wasted time um so what i what i did is make this cool little like super simple menu bar app that shows all your open pull requests uh and it also shows the the ci status mm-hmm. so i can see like right now i have two prs that are green two that are red um so I can like at a glance know if I need to do something with them or if I want to merge them, then there's two that I can merge right now. Um, Dude, this, so, this is super. This is super useful. Does it work with uh, with teams and all on GitHub? Yeah, it, yeah, it does work with teams. Um, that's like ninety percent of my PRs right. are uh, for Shopify. Right. Um, so I really like it, and I also like included some shortcuts to view um different things too i wanted to focus it on things that you're working on Mm -hmm. um because i could also have built in kind of like things like issues that are assigned to you or stuff like that but i i feel like i want i wanted something that focused me on the things i'm working on not all the other things i could be doing Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's pretty simple and it's a for a fairly niche market uh but i use it constantly and i love it i guess the interesting part of that is that the app has been done for like a couple months like pr- somewhere around 6 months uh and i'm just releasing it now i'm 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 going to use the crap out of this like th- uh, this is super useful uh Oh, cool! How, awesome. How 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 hard was to get into Mac Dev? That was pretty easy. Oh yeah. Like, but keep keep in mind that this is the simplest app you've ever seen. <laughs> so you didn't have to uh, mess with UI Kit and uh, not UI Kit, uh, App Kit. 
and stuff like that? Not a lot. Like, I don't know exactly. I, I'm guessing like anything UI related is AppKit on, on the Mac. Uh, but um, in the grand scheme of things, like this is super simple. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's basically a menu bar item and you just create the items um, and you tell tell like what the text is what the icon is um and then like the most complex part is the syncing part with like github and mm-hmm. making sure the app refreshes and lists your your stuff correctly um but and like just handle the different states like what if you're offline and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but other than that it's yeah on like the ui front it's super simple um and that's in part why it was so easy to get into um and i also had like a bit of experience with ios before so right. that, that helps that helped a lot um cool but yeah um so i made it i've i've been using it for six months i'm <laughs> totally loving it um but the the thing for me, I think that is dangerous when I do these side projects is I usually work on them until I get the value <laughs> out of them. Um, so that like, let's say I'm building this app to scratch my own itch. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I have this problem. Here's my like code something up and de- have something that looks nice and design it well. Um, and un- from that point until the moment I can use it, <laughs> like, that's usually where when I stop working on it, because I just get all the value from the app, uh, that's and to f- me, like this, like kind of satisfactory. That's fair enough. Um, I think that's but bad. Uh, and like usually, it's like y- you can kind of get it to ninety percent there. But if you want to to actually release it, you have to do that extra ten percent of work. Yeah. And for some reason, usually that's like the hardest part for me i <laughs> that's something i i realize is that just my personality is i love starting new things <laughs> um <laughs> and so finishing something is a lot less interesting to me uh, like for for example when i was building this app like the beginning part was okay how can i like kind of connect like these apis together and like figure out how the app is going to work and all that sort of stuff but the end, the like the last part is okay. Taking the screenshot, creating like a fake account for the the reviewers. It's gonna be uh, filling out a bunch of forms in, in iTunes Connect. Like so many really like uninteresting parts yep. are at the end. Yeah. Um. And so that's why I put it off for a long time. Um. But ultimately, like, it, it's like the saying like, oh, if a what is it like if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it like the fall or something something like that <laughs> am i getting that right <laughs> probably did a terrible job at it but like if i'm if i'm building an app and i'm i'm not making it available for anyone else but me like did i really build something <laughs> like not really you know like i yeah i did something but no no one knows about it um mm. so I finally decided to take the time to finish it up, polish it, and put it on the Mac App Store. Um, and um, the reason it's it's out there, and I haven't told anyone yet, 
is because I've decided to kind of take these baby steps um, instead of saying, okay, I need this huge like marketing plan and I need to make sure to have the website, uh, put it up on on um, the Mac App Store and like schedule a bunch of stuff. I was like, okay, look, let's just do like the number one, like the easy step first. Let's at least have it in the store. And after that, we'll figure out what's next. So what's next? Um, so yeah, what's next? Um, so I'm probably going to make like a small website or or just write a blog post about it. I kind of want to write about kind of the, the case for this app and why I think it's useful mm-hmm. and why people would want it and kind of why I made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I also want to send a couple promo code or I don't know I guess that's how they call it, like promo codes right yeah, yeah um to like cool developers um that I think like could be interested by the app mm-hmm. and like if they think it's a good idea and if they they like it maybe they're gonna tweet about it who knows that's a um, that's a good bet a uh, good bet and yeah just talk about it on Twitter a little bit But yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys on layout have uh, have the inside scoop. All right, yes, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I already bought the app. Uh, you guys should too. I mean, thank you. if you think uh, if you think you would use this, uh, I know I would. Uh, awesome. Let me know yeah. if you have uh, feature requests. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Um, and uh, I'll I'll pass it around in the office. I mean, this is all just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> they'll probably they'll probably <laughs> oh, have awesome. a use for it. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Um and I guess the pricing might be interesting. Um mm-hmm. so this is like a fairly niche app. And I knew like I, right away I knew my market is gonna be f- pretty small. Uh but the people who are gonna use it are gonna know exactly how much time it's gonna save them because if they f- they've had this problem before this is like super annoying and you're wasting so much time and i just feel like that kind of market is like if there's any market out there targeting something at developers is probably be the kind of market that's going to be the more the most okay with paying a small amount Mm -hmm. to get an app Mm -hmm. right that's fair um so i decided to make it uh four bucks uh Mm-hmm. So that it's pretty cheap. It's like what kind of the price of a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it's like pretty straightforward, what the app does, I think like you don't really need some sort of trial or in app purchases or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and this way I can at least justify like putting more effort into it. So like, keep making it better uh doing like bug fixes and supporting the app over time whereas like if it was it would well if it was just free then i don't think it could justify spending any more time on it mm-hmm. than i have right now mm-hmm. so um yeah this that's why uh this is why i did it i think it's it's fair it's not like for the for the utility that that provides right it's it's a fair it's a fair amount I mean, if you make it more expensive, uh, it could get the 
take the risk of you know because it's for developers the developers know what it takes to build an app like this right <laughs> um you know what i mean uh but i i think i think you're you're gonna do great you should you should promote it more just um yeah well, set up a landing page for this i will i will yeah <laughs> yeah um, by more i mean but i, f I figured like I'm not super high profile on the on the app store, so people are, aren't gonna find out if I just not tell anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can like afford to just have the app on the store, mm -hmm. and there's already th uh, two people who bought it plus you. <laughs> um, so yeah, Profit. even with zero publicity. So Profit. yeah, now I just have to find the right time to to launch it officially. Keep us updated about the numbers. Actually, interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. So I guess that's it for the show. Uh, unless you have yep. anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right. So in next week, uh, WWDC. Pretty excited. Uh, all right. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.